Welcome to Maddie Speaks. My name is Kevin Maurer, Director of Community Engagement for the Cape Fear Collective. I've spent my entire career telling stories, but nothing is a substitute for the lived experience. That's why when Maddie, an African-American woman, was willing to tell me her story about living and working in our community, I jumped at the chance. On paper, Maddie is part of the American middle class. She works in healthcare, and her husband is a public servant. But as we talk, you'll hear the reality of her every day. It's a struggle from making rent to overcoming systemic racism, and then the pandemic hits. This is a rare, unvarnished glimpse at our life. One life, one struggle. I wish Maddie's story was unique, but as you listen, keep in mind, her struggles are more common than you think. But empathy is our best tool for understanding. You know, it's been, it's been a couple weeks since we talked last. Um, and last time we talked, we all were in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, now things I think are turning into a new normal, but really, Maddie, why don't you start with telling us what your new normal is now that you're home more and, and how are you balancing all that? Yeah, um, it's very different um, because even though I'm home more, it's not a whole lot we can do. So we're kind of like limited um, on the time, how it gets spent, but we're figuring out ways to maneuver and different things to do as a family. Um, I know last time we talked, I had said that my hours had been cut in half at work. Um, and so I was panicking about pay and everything like that. And I worked for a pretty awesome company who was proactive. Um, I've only had one check that was not my 80 hour paycheck. Um, wow. And since then they've been able to get the, um, I always call it wrong, the PPE grant, the SBA loans, all of that. Um, so I am guaranteed my next eight weeks, I will be paid at my full 40 hours. Um, even though I'm only working 24 hours. Next week, they're trying to transition us back to 32 hours and getting us back into um, kind of a more normal schedule is what we're used to at my job. Um, but then the whammy comes in, I don't have childcare right now. Um, the person who takes care of our youngest child who is two lives in an elderly area, apartment building, if you will, and she can't have visitors right now. So I don't have childcare. So as I'm transi transitioning back to work, um, I'm kind of at this torn moment. Um, the beauty is I will still get paid for my job, even if I have to take a day off because of childcare during this next however long. Um, so that's a little different, little odd, um, but home school, it's from a parent's perspective, from this parent's perspective, it is super annoying. I feel like um, it's just different. I don't, I don't know if I even have the words. I'm usually pretty good with them, but when it comes to the schooling portion of everything right now, it's just different. Um, there's hit and miss. Camp Shriver for Jackson has had some consistent master classes, so he at least has engagement with his Camp Shriver brothers. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So that is at least a constant for him. Um, and I think that since that started, it's actually lifted his spirits a little because my kids are like me. We like to go, we like to do, and kind of being stuck in the house and limited on where we can go, what we can do. It's just been different, but just trying to navigate the new norm of the world has been kind of eye-opening in some aspects 
uh, the stimulus check. How did the stimulus check impact your financial uh, bottom line? And then what, what are, what are the, some of the things you're using it for? Are you using it for daily expenses or do you have uh, like a vacation in mind or where are we thinking? So the stimulus check was almost, it was a fiasco to get it. Um, it not for any other reason that we hadn't, you know, the whole file on your taxes, we hadn't filed our 2019 jet. So they used our 2018. Well, that 2018 check was supposed to go into my mom's bank account. My mom had somebody trying to take money out of that account. So she closed it. So whenever we talked about the stimulus check, the day before it was supposed to deposit, we found out she had closed the account. So we were broke. Like, I mean, not broke, but we were not. <laughs> it wasn't a whole lot of money in the bank account. <laughs> um, and so we didn't know. I was like, Mom, can you call the bank? And by God's grace, when she called the bank, the bank was able to see the stimulus check trying to, to deposit into the closed account. And they were able to grab it. But then I had to go and open a bank account with that bank because it had my name on it and not my mom's name. And they were able to work it all out. We got the stimulus check that Wednesday that everybody else, you know, was getting it. And the first thing we did was went and bought groceries. <laughs> I went and I bought, <laughs> I um, bought groceries, like not stressed. Like I went and I picked up what I wanted to pick up for groceries. And I felt like the best mom in the world when I walked home because not when I walked home, when I walked in the house, <laughs> I didn't have to walk home, <laughs> but um, it just, it was different because the stress comes in when you have to think about the fact that like my kids eat at school two meals a day. And now I've got to figure out how to make sure y'all have food in the house for these uh, these two me like it just that was starting to kick in me getting my checks cut at that time we still didn't know um mm -hmm. so that was kicking in so it was like all these little things happening well big things happening um so we haven't planned a vacation with it we actually got some work done to each of our cars because we needed some work done so we've been able to do that and we've kept um a chunk in the account in an account um for rainy days whatever anybody wants to call it do i think it will last i hope it does i really hope it does um but i don't know right now well, when was the last time you had money set aside for just in case never years like i can't tell you the last time that so i was able to put money in a savings account and leave it there that's got to feel amazing. I'm telling you, I when you buy your kids like name brand Chef Boyardee, it is an exciting day. <laughs> like, <laughs> I went to Sam's Club and I walked out like I was a boss. Like I was so excited to just grocery shop and not have to, for the first time, I didn't have like this detailed grocery list. I literally had, now I did have a grocery list, but it wasn't like, you're going to spend this. This is going to be the taxes. This is the most you're going to spend. Yeah, I didn't worry about that. I was able to just have it in the account and go. Um, so, yeah, that part 
felt amazing knowing that my kids aren't at the house sending me a text message talking about what can we eat they do send that message but it's because they're kids and <laughs> they act like we don't have anything in here right now i'm like you guys have gourmet meals at this point in that house like eat whatever's in there um and by gourmet i'm referring to the name brand chef boyardee uh <laughs> um but it has been that part and I guess like speaking on it right now is just kind of like humbling and like taking me back like wow like in my life I'm excited that I got to grocery shop like what I would consider a normal family to do it's humbling but it's also it speaks to we and it goes back to what we talked about earlier it speaks to your resilience it, it speaks to your planning it speaks to this idea that there there is no obstacle that you can't find your way around or haven't found your way around and that this was just that rare occasion where you had surplus money which is yeah. not something a lot of people have and, and you have it and the fact that you have it still it's not gone yeah i did and i can tell you that in years past when we would get the refund checks from like your taxes I'd piss that money away quick. Like, I was younger too. We don't, and now we get refund checks, but they're not like they used to be. And living where we live, like the refund check that we'll get for our 2019 taxes is going to be enough to pay my rent for a month. And that's what it'll do. It's going to cover my rent and that's going to be it. I don't get anything beyond that. And I'm okay with it at this point. I don't ever look, I'm not the person who looks for my taxes ever because I've had that thing interrupted by old student loan debt, like where you're supposed to get $6,000 and they take off 6,000 of your dollars because you owe the federal student loan people your money and they do that. So I don't look for it. So even with the stimulus in the beginning, I was like, God, I don't know what's going to happen with this. But that thing hit the bank account and I was like, I am going grocery shopping. That was all I knew. It's got to be a relief, though, to know that you you have your job is not going anywhere. You have that pay set. You know sort of what you can anticipate what that pay is. And then I, I I assume that your husband in his public service job is keeping his job. He's not stopping working. Yeah, his his job of all of our close friends, people that we associate with, things like that. He is one of probably literally five people that I know whose job has not been affected in any capacity. His hours have not changed. Um, he didn't lose any pay. I actually asked him the other day if he had anybody at his job out due to childcare. And to his knowledge, they didn't because his job work, it, they have a community outreach type thing where they have different things in place where people can call or go if they need assistance and you know, a situation like this. So no, his job has not changed. I am thankful that my job um, has been as gracious. I mean, it's eye-opening on the level of a great company that I work for. Um, and, you know, I think when it comes to my job, the hardest thing has been just before we started these podcasts, I was up for a new position within my company. And that's all kind of hit a halt. So yeah. I'm like in limbo trying to figure out yeah, do i have it do i not have it um so that's probably my biggest complaint in the eyes of the world right now that isn't even a complaint like it's just you know i'm not going to complain about it i'm thankful i still have a job regardless so let's take a second and look at some numbers here 
you know, Maddie's actually one of the lucky ones on this. Uh, jobless claims are on the rise, I think, nationwide. And a look at North Carolina unemployment insurance claims filed in March 2020 paints a pretty bleak picture. Statewide, there's 339,885 claims. Out of that, over 282,000 of them are COVID-related. That's how it breaks down by county. Uh, Brunswick's got 4,000 uh, unemployment insurance claims at this point. 3,000, more than 3,000 are, uh, are from covid Columbus is 879, about 600 from COVID. New Denver County by far has got the most at 11,340. Out of that, 9,000 of those are COVID-related claims. Um, Onslow comes in at about 4,378 claims. Out of those, three th- more than 3,000 of them are COVID-related. And Pender uh, rounding out the region at 1,623 claims. And out of those, 1,300 are uh, COVID-related. Dr. Adam Jones, UNCW's regional economist, uh, was on with uh, the Wilmington Business Journal on April 16th, and he he's not optimistic that we're ever going to make it back. He thinks a lot of the sales tax revenues are, are gone. Uh, so I think uh, while we're in a recession now, as we open up, I think the, the economic impact is going to be hard, and it's going to be quite a slog. And I think uh, while Maddie and some others are, are actually been able to kind of keep their head above water um, during the COVID uh, epidemic. I think there's a lot of pain right now, particularly around job loss uh, in the region. It's interesting too, I was looking at some unemployment numbers and you know, you look at the the organizations that are getting hit the worst, you know, lawyers are being laid off, architects are being laid off, you know, all these business services jobs are getting laid off and yet are now new essential to folks who are not taking a financial hit as much are the grocery store clerks. Um, you know, all that stuff. I think it's, I think it's an interesting, it's the paradigm has shifted a little bit. Although, although that stress that you were feeling has now been kind of transferred to, to another part of our society. Right. I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that that's the, I read something where it said, you know, your essential workers aren't the doctors. I mean, they are in this situation, but it's not the lawyers or the, the people who have these big CEO jobs who those are all shutting down. It's, the grocery store worker, it's the postman. Like it is the everyday middle-class person who doesn't have a corner mm-hmm. office job in the top of a 50-story building. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just realizing that the people who work every day, day in and day out, are truly keeping the economy, everything afloat. Those are the only people that are open right now. Interesting wow. uh, you brought up school. I think, I think all parents are dealing with this. How do you be a teacher and a worker and a parent? But uh, how about you as a student? I know that you were working your job as well as being, you were a student as well. How has that impacted your ability to get your schoolwork done? It has been terrible. Um, the whole thing has just kind of been terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it's just, um, because there was a lot of like transition within my school because school got closed and then it was like spring break. And then for me for college, and then it was like, Oh, nope, now this is pushed back. And then it was, you know, getting back into the swing of it and trying to juggle my kids and what they're doing and making sure that they're hitting everything they need. I, that is one area that I'm like, and just being very transparent and honest, I'm like, mm, hasn't been great. The last half of the semester has not been for me, it hasn't been because I've just, my focus had to go from being on me to being on making sure that my kids still have a normal. 
because uh, because my kids are very social and this has definitely and not that they're being social has made them who they are but it's just a part of them um and i've watched jackson kind of went through a funk for sure when all of this first happened he was just pitiful and so you're trying to you have to for me i try to prioritize like yes i know i'm gonna finish school that's not an issue at all but there are times where you have to stop what you're doing to make sure your kids are okay and that's kind how's, of where it how's it impacted your timeline on how to on graduation and getting completing your degree and everything um hasn't really impacted it it may put me um i may not pull out of one of my classes so well so it may put me like a semester behind but it's not going to change um anything to the point like it's years or financially just going to be unattainable it's not anything like that what about um i mean grade wise i mean it, it, the thing that i think is, is most uh jarring to most folks now is, is is the intimacy like you're around your family all the time and finding that quiet space that you can do your studying you know you could do you can concentrate and do the things you need to do are you are you having trouble finding that yes the one class that i was having trouble with was this english class and i'm like i have nope i'm really great at writing um, but this was a different kind of English class kind of from the beginning. So then when you throw this in, it was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, and everybody may not think like this, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, I'm getting to spend time with my children that I would have not had the opportunity otherwise. Um, I've had the realization more in the last six weeks that my son will only be home for three more years before he goes off to college. Like he is growing up, he's a young man and I'm getting to spend days with them that I wouldn't have otherwise had. Our baby is potty training and I've missed potty training with every one of my kids. So I'm getting an opportunity to see it more firsthand and be more involved in it. Um, and I've only solely missed it before just because of work, because I was trying to still be a mom and work and make sure that things were taken care of. So yes, school for me has been a struggle since all of this hit, but I'm trying to really grasp the big picture that I'm really getting an opportunity to do something that my life doesn't do. I don't slow down. I don't stop. <laughs> We're always going, we're always doing, and we've gotten this big foot in our back to literally just have to stop and slow down and enjoy what's right here in my own home. Talk about this new normal, because you, you talk about how you, you know, you want to get your kid, uh, kids that feeling of normal, but I think, I think a lot of families are feeling the same way you are. There is a really great quality time that we're getting to spend. The, the world has slowed down. I've I, I felt it too, where I'm not nearly as sidetracked. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm more present than I've ever been. Yeah. Um, have you seen that change too in your kids and how are they responding to you being, being there all the time, which I think is a new, a new anomaly as well. Um, it has been great because we've woke up and mom's here to cook breakfast mom's here to make lunch, mom's here to make dinner, mom's here to talk to, mom's here to do, 
we can get in the car and just ride. Um, because I've said before, we're very involved in our church and that's our other family. I mean, especially for me personally, I don't have anybody here in Wilmington aside from my mother, that's my blood. So my church family has become my family and I can't go see them either. I can't spend time with them who we spend time with on a weekly basis. Um, and so not having all the things to do with that or not going to work every day has given us this time, like I said, just to be together. I'm learning so much about my children. Um, I feel like I've known them pretty well, even when I was working and everything was the old normal. Um, but I'm getting to just dig deeper. I'm getting to ask questions. I'm finding out things. Um, and it's just provided this just amazing atmosphere of conversation because we're together every night. We're eating dinner together every evening. We're, we're just together. Now, some days I want to pull my hair out. Let's not act like this is all roses and rainbows because right. my kids are a lot like me. So there's a lot of strong personalities in this house and I kind of want to push everybody over or give somebody a swirly. I just, <laughs> I don't know, but, <laughs> but it has just, um, I love being a mother. I love, 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 love being a mother. And so these moments are things that I'm just trying not to take for granted. What's the best conversation you've had? The weirdest or the best one? The one that you'll remember when you talk about this five years from now? There's so many little ones. My kids are really corny. My kids are so corny. And Jackson actually, um, bless his heart, he has gotten his haircut. Yes, the barbershops are closed. We have family member who was able to cut his hair because it needed it so bad. And so he was <laughs> in the bathroom and he came out and he was looking at me and his dad and his face like looked so sad. And I was like, dude, what is wrong? And he said, mom, I was in the shower. Like all this hair started falling out. And I was like, what? And I'm praying nobody is going to take offense by what he said, because it was just that true, genuine spirit. He was like, mom, I had to go in the room and Google if I had cancer. <laughs> and I said, I said, Jackson, your hair doesn't fall out from cancer. It falls out from the, the treatment from cancer. And so then we had this whole conversation about, like, obviously that just kind of snowballed into this conversation. Um, we've been letting Jackson drive in our parking lot some. So that is opening up a conversation of just realizing that we have an almost 15 year old who's ready to get his license and drive us bananas about getting a car and how he thinks he's gonna get, I don't know what he thinks he's gonna get for a first car, but it's gonna be some beater like the rest of us had. <laughs> um, but it's just been, we, we've been trying to do check-ins too. Like, how do you feel about this? Obviously, like I said in, you know, the very beginning of this, we're a blended family. So we've had some conversations about biological parents. We've had some conversations about how we feel about that, and meeting people and not meeting them and when we should meet them. Um, making sure that our kids just know that we're always going to be here. I'm going to have your back, ride or die, up or down. Um, and just reinforcing those things that I think I took for granted before that I just thought my kids just knew 
and just trying to take the time and have those conversations to reinforce that. Those are the ones that, that we'll remember.